Welcome to Phone Messages, episode 121, Panic-Stricken San Francisco. My name is Paul Mason Foch. This week, I play message number five from Jason Weitzer. The message is 23 seconds long, and as we will hear, can clearly be dated to mid-October of 1989. Let's listen. Paul, this is Jason, panic-stricken San Francisco. Just calling to say I survived the big one. Well, I don't know if it was a big one, but it was big. And I really missed you out here, man. You would have had a great time running around. Uh, Big fun. I'll tell you about it next time we talk. The Loma Prieta earthquake of 1989 took place on October 17th at 5.04 p.m. It was centered 10 miles northeast of Santa Cruz and had a magnitude of 6.9. In Jason's message, he almost sounds jubilant, even telling me I would have had a great time there, which may sound callous, considering the many deaths and thousands of injuries brought on by the event. A similar response to the earthquake came in a message from my friend Alex McCurdy, who said, I almost was in San Francisco this week. I could shoot myself for missing a fucking earthquake of that magnitude. There is a long history of people finding entertainment in the suffering of others, from gladiators in Roman Colosseums to the witch burnings of the Middle Ages. However, what Jason and Alex express is not so much a morbid delight in human pain as a sense of awe at the destructive power of nature. This feeling of awe has been theorized as the aesthetic sublime, notably by 18th century philosophers Edmund Burke and Immanuel Kant. But art historian Emily Godby argues that the concept originated in the writings of wealthy Englishmen describing early examples of tourism. In the 1700s, crossing the Alps was a novel adventure now available for purchase from tour companies, and travelers like John Dennis and Joseph Addison wrote about the trip bringing a mix of fear and pleasure. Thus, through tourism, the exotic could be commodified. And one popular form of tourism evolved around the locations of tragic events. From the Mount Vesuvius burial of Pompeii to the 9-11 attacks on the Twin Towers. And here, the media plays an important role in packaging these tragedies for consumption. This role can be traced back to the newspaper which, according to Walter Benjamin, allowed the reader to distance the shocks of modernity from everyday experience. At the same time, it was precisely the stresses of modern life 
that made the mediated experience of turmoil attractive. Film scholar Ben Singer argues Benjamin, along with his contemporaries Georg Zimmel and Siegfried Krakauer, saw the chaos of modern life, especially the early 20th century city, as impacting people on the neurological level. From the visual stimulation of department store windows to the risks of crossing a street amidst the mess of trolleys, horses, and automobiles, a simple walk outside could be overwhelming. According to these theorists, modern entertainments helped compensate for these daily shocks. Urban attractions from amusement park rides to moving pictures mimicked turbulent sensations in an environment isolated from actual danger. Of course, earthquake shocks are far from being a modern phenomenon. However, their impact reflects the infrastructure of a particular place and time. Whether the 1906 San Francisco earthquake, when more than 3,000 died and most of the city was destroyed, or the 1989 quake, which demolished downtown Santa Cruz and caused sections of Bay Area freeways to collapse. In his book, Ecology of Fear, Mike Davis frames the geography of Southern California as even more prone to destruction, with boosters building a landscape doomed to environmental catastrophe. Returning to the theme of disaster's appeal, Davis dedicates a chapter of his book to California disaster-oriented fiction, from P.W. Dooner's 1880 novel Last Days of the Republic, which depicts Chinese immigrants as a conquering horde and reflected the racist sentiment leading to the Chinese Exclusion Act of 1882, to the critically acclaimed 1982 film Blade Runner, which Davis criticizes for failing to engage with the residues of social inequity marked upon the L.A. landscape. I had a similar problem with Spike Jones's 2013 futuristic film Her, which constructs a bubble of privileged, mostly white residents completely alien to L.A.'s social reality. Well, all right, that was quite a journey from San Francisco's past to Los Angeles's future. If you enjoyed the trip or found it a bit chaotic, please contact me through my website, pfoch.com. That's P-F-O-T-S-C-H dot com. Thanks for listening. Talk to you next week.